welcome to Awaken Podcast. I hope you enjoy the teaching. Um, well, welcome again to all of you. If you are visiting or new this morning, we're really glad you're here. It can be a big deal to come to a church, so we're glad you're here. If anyone is interested in uh, connecting at Awaken, there is a card in front of you, or you can go onto our website, or there's a QR code as well. You can fill out a connection card. Someone from our staff will contact you. We'd love to take you out for a beverage of your choice, get to know you a little bit. Um, and that or any tithes and offerings can go into the black boxes by each of the doors. Um, I have a number of things to tell you about as it relates to community life. Um, the first is next Sunday, September 4th, holiday weekend, Labor Day weekend. Uh, we are doing our final worship in the park. So it'll be at 11 a.m., not 10, 11, uh, Highland Park. You can find out more information on the website but make sure to bring a lunch, bring a chair. Um, it'll be pretty simple, and the main event really will just be having a picnic together. Um, let's see, September 6th, uh, so I think it's next Tuesday already? No, two weeks from now. We are doing an all-church cleaning, just an open house style, three to eight. Um, we will take whatever amount of time you can give us. I don't know if you've noticed, but things could use some sprucing up around here. Um, so if you would be willing to offer any time, that would be great. Um, you can sign up on the website or through the Awaken Weekly. Dinner will be provided. We currently have three people signed up. It would be great if we had like 20. Um, so that would be wonderful if you could show up to that. Um, I want to let you know about a couple retreats that are coming up. We're really excited about fall and uh, learning how to connect again. Um, so if you are an artist, uh, last year we did this, but we're doing the artist retreat. Mel is hosting that with a handful of people. So if you're a creative, that will be September 23rd and 24th, Friday evening and then Saturday all day. You will sleep at your house, so don't worry about weird communal sleeping. Um, so you can register online, that's $25 if cost is an issue or if you only want to go to a portion of it, that is just fine as well. You can contact Melody at awakenwest7th.com. Um, and then finally, the fall retreat, which does maybe have some communal sleeping, <laughs> um, is at Covenant Pines. So we've done this historically. We've had a little hiatus for obvious reasons, but we are really, really excited to bring it back if you are new to Awaken, the way we hold this event is like, you can do in a weekend what six months of showing up could do. It really is just an opportunity to get to know people. And I also want to say, sometimes it's a risk to show up to an event like that, but we really do think it's worth the risk. So September 18th is that deadline for sign up. You can find out more information online. Um, I think that's all as far as community life. Uh, we have a really special gathering today. We get to hear from Pastor Kelly again. Um, maybe if you've been around, you've heard Pastor Kelly teach. Uh, he's from Center for Leadership and Neighborhood Engagement. Pastor Kelly is a mentor and friend to Micah and myself, um, and really just such a special voice and human, um, and we get to hear from him this morning. But before that, I would love to invite Laura up uh, for the reading of the word, so I'd invite you to stand for the reading of scripture, if you are able. 
Matthew 5, 21 through 37. You have heard it said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary, who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard, it, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, makes her the victim of adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Well, good morning. Did I pick a fun text or what? <laughs> I want to begin by saying uh, uh, what a blessing it is to, to be with you. Uh, you're a wonderful congregation, and it's just wonderful to be able to, um, to bring a word uh, and to be in your presence. Uh, one of the reasons I thought, and I call it Pastor Jen, she's one of my pastors, uh, um, and uh, when you announced and said that um, it can be strange uh, coming into a church, and uh, thinking about particularly if you're someone who doesn't necessarily have a church background or you feel like um, you don't fit in, or uh, the message, much like today's message, <laughs> might be one that sounds like um, it isn't an embrace for you. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, I just want to acknowledge what that is like as a person of color who's coming to so many churches with those questions myself. Um, and. Uh, so I, I just wanted to begin with that. And I remembered when I, you know, I'd been a pastor for a long time, and it was just a couple of years ago that my wife and I went out to dinner with friends, and we had a waiter. And the way that that waiter walked us through the menu was a way like we never experienced before. And I thought about uh, what it would be like if we 
shared our church like it was a menu and like we were fine waiters in terms of introducing people to what they are entering into in our worship. And you do that so well here. So I want to just begin by thanking you for that. For people that might enter into churches so often like I have, wondering, is there a place for you in this service, in this expression of God? So thank you for who you are and how you are God's people in God's world as a church. I'm going to begin um, out with the grace and peace of God in Christ Jesus. But I'm reading from a text from Jeremiah 1, verse 5. Therefore choose life, that you and your offering may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying God's voice, and holding fast to God. For God is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to his ancestors, to Abraham and Sarah, to Isaac and Jacob, to live. Um, the text uh, that Laura did a wonderful job of reading is actually, my intention was the whole of Mark 5, uh, but I didn't think that you would be um, able to sit through the whole of <laughs> chapter 5. And so um, I want us to um, uh, invite us into the whole of chapter 5 and not just the segment, which unfortunately so often we do is we take a part of the theology, part of the teachings of God, parts of the teaching of Jesus, and we zone on that and, and we kind of upset or obsess, we distort, and we give a picture of God that is not the whole picture. And so I want to say that the intention is to, the framework of all of uh, Matthew 5, which is Jesus' sermon on the mount, where Jesus talks about, you have heard uh, that uh, the, from Deuteronomy, you've heard the commandments about love your neighbor, uh, don't do this, love God. Um, but in this fifth chapter of Matthew, God and Jesus is saying, yes, but go further. So the text of this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew 5. And the entire chapter is based on the book of Deuteronomy and what we know to be the Ten Commandments. So many of us learned the Ten Commandments when we were children, and we don't near, nearly as much about the Ten Commandments today. So I wonder if this might be, uh, have been the case with Jesus when he's surrounded by the crowds and teaching his disciples as they're gathering around Jesus. Well, we have come to know again, as this Sermon on the Mount. In the fifth chapter of Matthew, Jesus begins to teach by stating things like, you've heard it read, and you've heard it said, an eye for an eye. You've heard it said, forgive your neighbor. You've heard it said, do not commit adultery. Do not murder. And Jesus follows each of these commands with the statement to go further. It's like Jesus is saying to the disciples and the crowds gathered on that mountain, you can do better. There is a kind of Zen character to what Jesus is saying. Yes, follow the commandment, but we can do better. 
When I was in high school, I, I had to take a physical education class where I was introduced to tennis. It was a requirement. I, I struggled those days when I had to attend that tennis class. I was a bit of an athlete, but I struggled when tennis because it had to take a silly little racket and hit a tennis ball and get it to go across the net. I can never get that ball to go where it was supposed to go. Then one day, magically, I hit that ball in just the middle of the racket, and the ball effortlessly went to where it was supposed to go. Some of you uh, may have had this experience singing in a choir when you hit the note in just the right location. Or, or maybe you're a writer and you experience constructing a sentence or communicate a thought for the first time. They call this the sweet spot. There's something in the discipline and the dedication of doing something over and over again, practicing something so much that you forget that you're actually practicing. Dancers, athletes, musicians, gardeners, uh, programmers, teachers, parents, you get the picture. There are some things where the, full, uh, uh, the fullness comes in the art of the practice. I've been blessed to have worship with you here at Awaken a number of times. Some of you know that I am a Lutheran pastor. I've pastored in locations including Washington, D.C., Portland, Oregon, Chicago, Illinois, and most recently I was a pastor in a wonderfully diverse congregation in North Minneapolis. Last month I was blessed to be on a pilgrimage to Israel and Palestine. I, I served a small congregation where um, there were few children in the church. There were plenty of children in the neighborhood. And near the church, there was a, a vacant popcorn shop across the street from the church. We scraped enough money together uh, to rent that popcorn shop, and we began to reach out to children in the neighborhood. We named the popcorn shop the Peace Palace. Over time, children started coming to the Peace Palace, and in time, parents started coming to the church as well because they wanted to know where their children were spending their time. The Peace Palace, we wanted to check out where, I'm sorry, the Peace Palace became a bridge from the church to the neighborhood. The church grew in relationship with the neighborhood. The church became a part of the fabric of the neighborhood, and the Peace Palace became the place where children came after school to do their homework. Older kids learned to make popcorn, cotton candy, and developing leadership skills. A couple of the children who came to the Peace Palace happened to live in foster care. They were Mexican heritage. One day, one of the little girls asked of our youth minister, is, is this a church or a magical place? The youth minister responded to the little girl with the answer, a bit of both, actually. 
I think about this story because I think about Awaken. I think about our aspiration and, and the people of God that we aspire to be. I imagine the crowd surrounding Jesus in this morning's gospel, must, how they must have felt like that little girl in the peace palace as Jesus referenced these words from Deuteronomy and the Ten Commandments. You have, to be, you have heard it said, but I say to you. You see, what is behind the words of this institution, the law, the discipline, is the message that being the people of God distinguishes people of faith from people who share other beliefs. You see, Deuteronomy and the Ten Commandments was a time when everybody, um, uh, they worshiped different gods. Uh, it was uh, polytheistic. And in the introduction of the Ten Commandments was the beginning of salvation and message of God of a monotheistic God, a people who believed in the one true God through whom salvation would come to the world. So that following God is revealed in Jesus Christ is to live differently than the world. The challenge presented in this text is a calling to a higher life, a purposeful life, to be a people in a church that causes people to wonder, to ask questions, to dare to hope. Can there be a place for me in the kingdom of God? Can there be a place for me in Awaken? Someone once referred to the kingdom of God as a sacred canopy. I love that image. I believe that what Jesus is describing in those words from the book of Deuteronomy is a sacred canopy where there's space and identity for everyone. If there's one word for us to take away from this sermon today, this sermon from Jesus on the mountain, it is the word radical. Following Jesus is radical. Scholars refer to Jesus' teaching of the law as radical. Now, just radical to the law or radical to rules, but radical to love. Radical to the witness of God who loves the world so much that God would give his only begotten son to die for the world. Following God and what Jesus is pointing to in the fifth chapter of Matthew is the challenge to love God beyond the teachings of the scribes and the Pharisees, beyond Pastor Kelly, beyond the Pope, and yes, even beyond the institutions, including the church. Jesus is calling followers to the radical practice of loving and forgiving people, all of God's people. That's God's sweet spot. These commandments Jesus is calling us to is more than a checkout or a checklist of our morality. It's the call to the flourishing life. More than the baseline of this decency, it's the practice to embody relational, transforming encounter with everyone we meet not to set hurdles for righteousness, but the practice, the practice of wholeness. I think of this as a transaction, a translation, excuse me, to the church and theology that translates worship as a practice of welcome, 
and safety and belonging. In a world of separation and alienation, worship is the promise of welcome, safety, and belonging where worship offers the sweet spot of God, God's practice where two or more are gathered in my name. God is present. The fifth chapter of Matthew is, is more than a restating of a list of laws. It's the invitation to practice co-creation with God. Today, the church has a challenge. People want to know what kind of Jesus do we practice? What kind of Christians are we? At Ebenezer Baptist Church, Dylan Roof sat on the Bible study in a black congregation in Charleston, Carolina. He had attended confirmation as a Lutheran. Another child, another young man, white, drove miles across the city to get to a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, where he targeted black people. You know, Jackie Robinson was a well-known, he was the first African-American professional baseball player. And, and there's a story of his life and what he went through in order to be that first African-American uh, baseball player in the professional leagues. And he talks about his experiences as he's going through and how uh, the alienation that he experienced from his teammates and, and how he went out on the field and, and the estrangement and, and the vitriol that he experiences as he went on and, and how he was surrounded by teammates and didn't really support him. And he talks about now going and where he had to live in separate housing from the rest of his team. And it talks about, there's a particular scene in the movie, and if you haven't seen it, I really encourage you to see it. And it's a scene where Jackie Robinson is out on the baseball field uh, with the rest of his teammates, and that there's a scene where, as he's standing there at the, at the second base, and, and the, uh, uh, the crowds are just screaming at him and, and saying awful, terrible things, and, and you can just imagine what that was like as the crescendo of all that, that hatred and vitriol is just being directed at, at Jackie Robinson. And then there's a particular scene where they show that in the midst of, a, of that, that, uh, that hatred, uh, there's, a, there's a man who's sitting by a little boy, and in the middle of all of that hatred that's just swirling, a little boy gets called up, gets caught up, and the little boy begins to share in the expression of that hatred. And all of a sudden, there's a baseball player, shortstop, his name was uh, Pee Wee Reese, and he was playing. And all of a sudden, in the midst of all of that, that hatred and the vitriol, uh, Pee Wee Reese, who had not shown any commitment and, and not stood up, all of a sudden, as the crowd is screaming, uh, Pee Wee Reese walks over to Jackie Robinson, and he just puts his arm around Jackie Robinson's shoulder. And as he's standing there with his arm around Jackie Robinson's shoulder, the, quiet, the, quiet, the crowd gets more and more quiet. And then later, Jackie Robinson goes over to Pee Wee Reese, who had not stood up all the other time that they'd been together. And Jackie Robinson said to Pee Wee Reese, why, why did you do that? And Pee Wee Reese said, 
I wanted them to know who I am. In the fifth chapter of Matthew, it's more than restating a list of laws and the invitation. It's the invitation to practice, to be co-creators with God. Today, our challenge is to let the world know who we are, to stand up, to take this invitation this in, from Jesus to practice the faith that we celebrate today. There are people who are said to be different because of their sexual orientation, their country of origin, their different abilities or beliefs. They want to know who we are. Recently, I heard someone state that we live in a knowledge economy. There's a disagreement regarding the impact of the president's recent actions to provide a grant to forgive $10,000 for college debt. I wonder if the church, the faith community, might need to engage in that conversation. I wonder if we might be the opportunity for the world to know who we are. The experience of the people in the Bible times, well, they were largely passed on through story. We all have our stories. We all have something to share in who we are and how God fits into our story and how we fit into God's story. The fifth chapter of Matthew, Jesus is challenging his disciples to go deeper into the promise and the reality of God. God's kingdom is no longer a distant reality. In Jesus, we're invited into a relationship with God. Jesus is the Son of God, sharing the good news that the reality of God is within us. The reality of God is within awaken, within our reach. The challenge is to believe in God, to follow God, and be the light of God that the world is craving. The congregation I served in North Minneapolis almost closed until the congregation made a decision that it would become a part of the neighborhood, not living in isolation or the comfort of the church walls. So they started doing weekly summer cookouts and investing in affordable housing and uh, building a community bread oven. They hosted summer cookouts in partnership with neighbors. Area churches and nonprofits joined together in a communication of who we are. The block party, as the, the congregation established, became an annual success. After the murder of Philando Castile, the emergence of Black Lives Matter, there was a, di a, a division between the police and Black Lives Matter. During the Minnesota Lynx basketball event, 
the team wore Black Lives Matter shirts. The uh, protests, there was a gentleman named Bob Kroll, who was the president of the police union. Bob Kroll, the president of the police union, uh, had the police leave the Lynx uh, event in protest of the shirts that the Lynx were wearing. There was clear division in our community. In the midst of the division, a member of the congregation that I served, a leader in the community, who was uh, uh, suggested to the congregation that they invite Bob Crow to the block party. Bob Crow uh, accepted the invitation. As the block party went on, Bob Crow showed up with a couple of officers and you could feel the tension as the community and the police came together. And I, I had the honor of going to the stage and inviting them and recognizing Bob Crow at the event. And as the event went on, um, you could just again, the, the, the hostility, the, 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 the tension lessened and community happened. This teaching from Jesus, it's challenging us to get closer to one another, not further apart. Jesus is saying to us that we are gathered together around God and around each other. You have heard it said, but I say to you, go deeper. Go deeper, awakening. Go deeper, people of God. Jesus is saying that what distinguishes us as a people of God from other people is we're called to go deeper, to let the world know who we are. In the fifth chapter of Matthew, Jesus is inviting those who would be disciples, followers of God, to practice Practice, practice, practice love because the practice of love is where we encounter God's sweet spot. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Kelly. I could listen to you talk for a long time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> get back up! <laughs> oh, well, I would love to invite us into a time of response. So we're going to take just a moment of silence to let whatever we heard settle, um, and then we'll participate in communion and coming to the table together. So, Holy Spirit, would you speak? Receive honey and receive a blessing. We say, may the word of God be like honey on your lips. And after that, you will be invited to come forward and participate in communion. Um, you'll take the bread, you'll dip it in the cup. All the bread is gluten-free. There's red wine and white grape juice. Uh, and you will be invited to come up on the side aisles here. There's some hand sanitizer and enter uh, or exit together down the middle aisle. Um, would you receive these words? On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, broken for you. Whenever you eat of it, do it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup and he blessed it. 
And he said, this is my blood shed for you. Whenever you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me. This table is not of the church, but of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love God and those who want to love God more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have not been here often and you who have not been here for a long time or maybe ever before, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. So come not because the church invites you, but because Christ invites you to be fed and to be known here. Amen. Thanks, Dan. Um, well, friends, we are ending a little bit different than we normally do. Um, maybe I'd invite you to have a seat. Um, <laughs> we're keeping you here forever. Um, there is just a special word from Micah and an invitation for what we're doing after the gathering that we just wanted to give a little context for. So, see if it works. Hey, everybody. Pastor Micah. By the time you're watching this, I will be in Bilbao, España, walking the Camino de Santiago uh, with my daughter, Dahlia. And the reason I'm making this video is because today is a very, very important day in the life of our church. Uh, in the fall, every year, we do what we call a ministry fair, which is basically just an opportunity for you if you're new around here, or maybe uh, you've forgotten some of the different ways that you can be involved in the life of our church. Uh, every fall, in, uh, if you listen to NPR or The Current, they do what they call the member drive because like the people who listen to NPR and The Current make it happen. And their, their investment uh, provides the platform uh, by which the things that they are able to do happen. And similarly, we're a church that doesn't hire staff to do everything, but rather we depend on and the whole, this whole thing works because you're involved in it and you say yes and give of time and energy and, and money. Uh, and resources, so we can't do it without you. So today, after the gathering, you can go around the sanctuary or downstairs, and you can hear about and learn about uh, and ask questions about the different ways you can be involved in, in the life of Awaken. So here are just a couple of examples. Uh, our prayer team, uh, having people available to pray with folks after Sunday mornings, and then also just the general needs of Awaken when they come up, when a, when a prayer need comes up. This team gets called. They get an email. Uh, our tech team and what Trevor does every Sunday to make this stuff happen. Uh, Discover Awaken and our hospitality team. When a new person comes to Awaken, how do I find the nursery? And where are the bathrooms? And how do I check my kids in? And, uh, and, and providing coffee, a warm cup of coffee. Uh, those are all ways that we welcome new people to our community. And if that's interesting to you or you find yourself drawn to that, we could use you on one of those teams. Uh, there's a practical care team that Heather Crawford leads. When a new baby is born or somebody's in the hospital and a meal needs to be made, a call goes out by email to a team of people who say, yeah, I could make a meal every now and again, and then those meals get delivered. And like people are loved and cared for and met in times of need because of folks like you. So that's the practical care team. Of course, our kids, we talk about them every week. We bless them every week because they're so important. And that ministry uh, of adults walking with our little ones, um, outs another trusted adult, adult outside of mom and dad, is so important to the life of faith. So uh, if you can read a book and hold a baby or um, play Play-Doh with a little one, you could do it. So um, 
that's a team that you could be involved in. We have a partnership with Every Meal. Um, Tanya Kugel and Sharon Jerzyk and Deanna Morrow from our missional team uh, help lead that, and that's, get, that's um, starting back up in the fall when kids come back to school. There are life groups that, that happen outside of church on Sunday mornings. Um, Kathy Solomon leads that. And many of you are new to Awaken and you're looking to be involved in a life group, but there aren't very many that are open because they're full. Well, we need life group leaders. So if you can host and, and uh, create a non-anxious space for people to come and, and, and be welcomed in, maybe you could be a life group leader. Uh, and then, of course, communion. Uh, when we serve communion, to stand in front of or... Um, face to face with someone and, and our, the ability to say the body of Christ broken for you and the blood of Christ shed for you is such a gift and it's so beautiful and it's so easy. So there are just so many ways that you can be involved at Awaken and we want to encourage you to think about if you're not involved yet, if you're not serving in some way, um, could you do that? Uh, because this church doesn't happen without you. So until we see each other again, adios amigos, buen camino. How's that for compelling? <laughs> and I'm sure you're glad I let you sit. <laughs> um, so just a few words of instruction uh, there. If you want to see kind of written out all of the opportunities we have this fall, there's a sheet back there on a table with a QR code. We're trying to keep things um, digital in terms of signups. There's signage all around. You'll see team leaders. But most importantly, there are donuts downstairs. Um, set up by our new hospitality team leader, and we are wanting to bring coffee back this fall. So if you can do that, that would be great. Anyways, that's all we have. Grace and peace, friends. Go get a donut and find out what, how you can be involved. Find us online at www at awakencommunity.com or on Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash awakencommunity or on Twitter at awakencommunity. See you next time.